You are tuning into the True North Church Podcast. Our prayer is that you would be inspired and encouraged by today's message. For more information about True North Church, please visit us online at truenorthak.org. We, we've been finishing a series. We've been in a series called, let's take another lap. And today's what we call Team Sunday. And team stands for together each achieves more. And that's why I'm wearing our team jersey, True North Church. And uh, someone says, Mark, uh, Rob and I were in the front row. And Pastor Matt had one He's at College Road. We're all in the front row. We have the same numbers on the back, zero. And someone says, is that your IQ? I said, exactly. And uh, uh, it's zero because there's, there's no numbers. We're all on the same team. And we're all fighting for the same reasons. But today, um, we, we're going we're, we're we're to look at you and, and, and ask you to take the next step. Take a lap with us. Now, if you're new, to, if, you're, if you're a guest with us today, um, we're, we're, this is a commitment Sunday. Where we're asking people to take the next step in their financial journey with us as we continue to build our campus out. And if you're a guest, you're like, oh, man, why did I show up on a day they're asking for money? Uh, 85% of churches in America are under 100 and they're declining. Less than one half of 1% of churches in America are above 1,000. We were 87 people 10 years ago. We're 1,500 plus today. And so we don't apologize for God blessing us. Um, here's the deal. My wife and I, when we bought our first house, it was like 1,100 square feet. I have five kids right now. How many want to know with five kids, 1,100 square feet probably is not going to work? My wife and I don't live in a dry cabin, although we want to put some of our kids in a dry cabin sometimes. Um, <laughs> But as you, as you grow, you expand. And so we're in a, a relocation process. We have 18 acres on College Road. And, uh, and, and when we started this journey, uh, it was before inflation hit, before COVID hit. And so we raised $3 million two years ago in addition to our tithes and offerings to help build and relocate. Well, guess what? We, uh, we have spent that money, put the foundation in, built the, the, the structure, and uh, inflation hit, and the cost went up $3 million. And so we're in this series called Take Another Lap because we're asking people, would you, would you, for the next 12 months, would you get a lap with us? And the series, the, 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 the scripture we've looked at, and I want to relook at it today, is in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 7. 3 through 7. And Paul was teaching a young pastor, wrote a letter to him called Timothy, or Timothy was his name, and wrote it to him from prison. And he said this, endure hardship. Now, the theme of this verse is endure. That word endure means to be long-minded. And he's telling Timothy there are times in life that challenging situations happen, and your mind has to be longer than the challenge. And then he shares with him three metaphors. He said this, endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. He wants to please his commanding officer. Similarly, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not receive the victor's crown unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive the share of the crops. Reflect on what I'm saying. The Lord will give you insight into this. Paul's telling Timothy, there's some times you have to have a mind that's longer, longer than the battle you're in as a soldier because if your mind's longer than the battle, you win. I mean, want to know you win if you keep going. Right. All right. He's saying, hey, have a mind longer than the athletic competition, the athletic, the race you're in. Have a mind longer than the race because if you don't give up, you finish. And then he says, have a, and, and then he says this, be long-minded like a farmer because a farmer plants in one season, harvests in another. How many know when you plant that winter wheat 
and it goes through the winter and you're like going, I sure hope it doesn't freeze to death. And it comes out next spring. There's some faith that goes into planting in one season and harvesting in another. And Paul says to Timothy, I want you to be long-minded. Have a mind longer than the battle, the race, and waiting for the harvest. And so we've been talking about that. And, and three years ago, we started this journey to uh, uh, called Church Pasity. And, and uh, we have banners on the wall here. Church Pasity, it's three words. It's church, it's capacity, but at the, at the end of that is the word city. Because we believe, and our goal is to maximize our church's capacity to touch a city. And that, that's three things. It's a people of faith. It's people who have faith. And with that, in that faith, they step out to do things that God has asked them to do that's bigger than them, that's harder than them. Uh, uh, and living on mission. Uh, I, you know, you saw... Um, our, our, Clarence is our sound guy, but boy, his hands are model hands. Those are perfect. When he he did, he did the the thing about the, the the picking up some invites to Christmas Eve, I thought, you know, um, Clarence, you're 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 our hand model now. For now on, anything we do with hands, you're you're the guy. Okay, um, but but uh, he he was telling invite people to Christmas Eve and, and showed the cards, picks them up on the way out. But we live on mission. Um, I, I have five people I pray for on a consistent basis. The, 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 to come to know Jesus. And several of my five fr- 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 friends I've been praying for for years, several of them come to know Jesus. But I've got a new one. Her name is Sherry. And uh, um, I, in fact, I switched to a different barber now because I wanted to find a barber who wasn't saved. Because once a month, I get my hair cut and I have conversations. And over time, I get to know him. And right now, I'm praying for my barber who has heart problems. Husband was just an ICU. And I'm believing that um, she and her husband come to church on Christmas Eve because we live on mission. That's, that's why we, we believe that as a people of faith, you live on mission. Now, here's the problem. Not the problem. Here's the opportunity. Because so many of us live on mission, we have this challenge of having not enough room. And so we keep adding gatherings. And so church capacity is the people of faith living on mission, building a place with more space. And, and I want to show you uh, uh, the architectural renderings right now. We've got uh, uh, the, the dirt work has been done for the dynamic compaction. We put our foundation in. The steel structure's up on College Road. But I want to show you, as we talk about taking the next lap, um, this is the building we want to finish. And it's going to take all of us taking the next step. But take a look at the building God's going to help us build. So what we're looking at here is the, the view from the road, and then there's there's our new sanctuary. As we drive by, that foyer will be facing the college. As you're inside, you'll be looking up at the hill where the university engineering building is. And when you when we uh, look at that, that's that's going to be an area where we'll have food trucks on Sundays in the summer. And and uh, this is our foyer. We don't have the space currently in our foyer, but look at that. Uh, it's 130 feet by like it's a huge foyer. Super excited about uh, being able to mix and mingle and the discipleship and the conversation will happen around those tables right there with the cafe and um, it's going to be a great place to connect with people and and uh, inter- intersect with where people are at and someone can meet Jesus and right away we can meet with them in the fo- in the cafe and connect with them and begin to disciple them a large foyer for information desk beautiful restrooms and then there's our auditorium 
we we want community in the foyer, but the auditoriums where we, we believe in the presence of God is going to come, and hundreds, if not thousands, over the next decade will come to know Jesus, and a large sanctuary is, is going to seat about 650, 700 people, and a large stage where we'll be able to do dramas and video presentations, outreaches, and then outside there's an area that is set aside for our future school. It'll be a gymnasium, a junior high classrooms, and just uh, we, we believe we're supposed to call we're called to reach people and impact them for Jesus, and and so that's the outside. That's what it's going to look like. The master plan right there. We're super excited about the future at True North, and we're super excited about you taking another lap with us. Does that excite anybody? Man, I look at that. And uh, we'll have uh, more than double the square footage we have here. Um, the existing building right now today, they'll have 400 plus people there in our, in our College Road gatherings and two gatherings. And, and uh, so that'll be our kids' space and the new building will be our worship center. And super excited about that. Um, but today I wanna, I, wanna, I wanna talk to us about taking the next step and be a part of a team. Uh, uh, team stands for together each achieves more. And how, how, what happens when we come together? It, it's, it's a pretty simple message. I, like Paul, I want to use three metaphors. Paul used the metaphor of a soldier, a, a, a runner, an athlete, and a, and a farmer. I want to use three metaphors, and then I want to ask one question today. The metaphor I want to talk about as I ask you to, to take the next step is, number one, Tilly the Lighthouse. Uh, back in 1880... Uh, the U.S. government said, you know, we need to create more safety on the coastal, uh, coastal areas. And so near the Columbia River and the uh, Pacific Ocean, about five miles, a couple miles outside of Cannon Beach in Oregon. Some of you have been there. Um, they found a rock and said, let's build a lighthouse. And so they built a lighthouse. In fact, they, they, they built it in 1880. They erected, in fact, the headstone on, on the, um, right there on the, on the, the Tillamook Rock, the lighthouse there. 1880, they built it. The government set aside 50000 to build this lighthouse, um, the first person that they contracted from the coast to build fell off the rock and died. And so no one else wanted to build it. They, they thought it was cursed. No one else wanted to build it. So they had to go outside the state of Oregon to find people. And they, they, they shipped them in. They built this lighthouse. And it cost, uh, they, they government put aside $50,000 to build it, but it cost $127,000 to build. And the government has no problem saying, oh, it costs more. Let's just give more money. No. Um, and so when they finished it, they, they commissioned it uh, as, as a lighthouse, and uh, it was dangerous. It stood 133 feet above sea level, but it was a dangerous place. And, and uh, in 1934, they, they recorded one of the, uh, uh, of the severe storms that hit. Um, and and there's, in fact, there's pictures where, look at, the, look at the waves, 130 feet off the, uh, the and water's way above that. In fact, they said in 1934 that the storm, the gale force winds of 120 miles per hour, picked up boulders from the bottom of the ocean and hurled them, and they went through the glass of the lighthouse. Now, how many would want to be there that day when that happened? Okay, it floods the lighthouse, it cut off all communication, and for three weeks, the folks in that lighthouse, they, they had to dry out, and they had, and, and at the same time, it washed away all the landing gear and the boats that they had to get into town. So they had three weeks without communication, I don't know what they ate, maybe they ate muck tuck or seal, right? But they, they uh, finally reestablished communication um, with, 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 uh, with, with the base there, Coast Guard, and... Uh, uh, they found, though, over time, it was expensive to operate, and then modern radar and communication technologies advanced 
that which made the lighthouse obsolete. So they decommissioned Tilly the Lighthouse in 1957. Now from 1957 to 1980, they didn't know what to do with it. And you know, storms came and seals and birds and all this stuff. And so they put it out for auction and someone, an entrepreneur bought, bought the entire rock and lighthouse for $50,000. They thought they turned it into an Airbnb, but they realized people didn't want to spend for a helicopter ride for an Airbnb. So they got the idea to turn it into a columbarium. And you might say, what's that? Well, I'll tell you. Thanks for asking. A columbarium is, is a building that's designed to hold urns. And they, they, started, hold, they, st they started having people bring their urns in. And, and uh, uh, it's called, it was called Eternity at Sea. And in 2022, the house, came, or not the house, the lighthouse came on the market for sale for $5.6 million. Anyone want to buy it? It's for sale still. And um, the, uh, the owner on her business card uh, uh, has her phone number, the email, and it states that her earn idea has the potential of $1.5 billion because it can hold 300,000 urns. Now, here's the paradox, friends. This was designed to save lives, not save ashes. It was designed to keep people safe, give them direction, give them clarity. And, and friends, uh, somehow they, they shifted off mission quite a bit. As a church, we are 83 years old and we have been in the soul winning business and soul discipleship business since the day we opened up and no amount of technology will render us obsolete. There's no storm that will shut us down. There's no rock from hell that will steer us from what we're called to do, which is going to bring the light of Jesus to a community that needs Jesus, especially during stormy times. That's who we are. And Paul told Timothy, the things you've heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable men who are also qualified to teach others. And then he said, endure hardship like good soldiers. Friends, we're long-minded. And, and here's the reason why church capacity matters. We are long-minded in our mission. It has not and will not change. We are not building a new building so we can do something new. We are doing, building a new building to continue the New Testament thing we've been doing all along, which is to go to all the world and preach the gospel and reach people far from Jesus, to populate heaven and plunder hell. That's all we've ever been a part of, and that's all we're ever going to do. That's why we exist. The second metaphor I want to I, I talk about or, or introduce today is this guy named Brendan Haber. Has anyone ever heard of Brendan Haber? If you're related to him, don't lift your hand up until after the story to make sure you want to be related to him. But Brendan Haybear was a, 19, a, a 2018 graduate from Lake Travis High School in Texas. He was an accomplished athlete in cross country and track. He received a scholarship, a full ride to run for University of Texas, uh, uh, who just made the college playoffs for football. I'm not sure if you heard that. 
And uh, he ran, in fact, he was an accomplished uh, Division I athlete. He actually ran uh, in, the na- in the national championship in the distance medley, which is a, a long distance race medley or relay. Um, and and they were, they, he was an All-American and, uh, in the relays. And he graduated the spring of 2022. He graduated, he's a graduate. Um, and, and I don't know what you, if you went to college and graduated, but I went to college and graduated. I never once thought the next fall, like, should I go back to high school? Anyone here ever wanted to go back? Anyone here ever thought, oh man, I missed junior high. Let me go back to those days pre-puberty and uh, that's fun. Well, but Brendan Haybear, so he graduates spring of 2022 and the next fall, he realized he had an unaccomplished goal. He wanted to go back and win the high school cross-country race in Texas. So he starts to train. He literally begins to train. Now, this is a true story. It's not like he lost a bet like, hey, if you, if you lose this bet, you have to go rerun the high school cross-country race. Oh, no. He took out his high school jersey, which had the state, uh, 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 you know, numbers on it and uh, somehow entered the cross-country race last year in Texas and tried to rerun his high school years as an all-American college graduate and he finishes the race and 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 they'd hired uh, the six eight they'd hired uh, uh, this group called a a mile split USA, and they scan the, the numbers when they go through, and it, it kind of, it takes the, and, and they scan his number, and it, it's like beeps up like not, this doesn't work. It's like he's not an athlete in this race. He's not registered in this race, and they go, excuse me, um, why'd you run this race? You're not in high school anymore. And he goes, he goes, I just ran it for fun. And they said, you know you're not allowed to, right? You're a college kid. You can't race a high school race, Correct. And Haber's response is, I don't race in college anymore, he said. It's like, no, yeah, I get that, but you can't go back and race. Here's the moral of the story. You can't run yesterday's race tomorrow. Here's the moral of the story. You can't run yesterday's race tomorrow. All you can run today is today's race. All you can run tomorrow is tomorrow's race. But friends, it doesn't matter how bad you want to go back and run yesterday's race. You ever met those people talking about, oh, back when the day when, you know, it's like, shut up, move on. Yesterday's gone. We only have today and tomorrow, friends. We don't have yesterday's. We must maximize our todays because we can't take our yesterdays back. But friends, we can't take back yesterday, but we can change tomorrow. Let's run our race now. The race we're in as a church, this race of uh, taking another lap and saying, hey, let's, let's, let's move toward finishing the project on College Road, the finishing the, the church building, is friends, all we have is tomorrow ahead of us and today. We can't take back yesterday. There's a third story I want to share, a third metaphor. I think it's appropriate for our conversation today, and that's this. I call it the Deion Sanders effect. Anyone know who Deion Sanders is? He's the guy that wears glasses while he's talking to adults. 
And there's a big debate on it, whether that's appropriate or not. And he gave, it doesn't matter. And I don't know what you think of Deion Sanders, but last year, tomorrow, December 4th, 2022, University of Colorado hired Deion Sanders to be their head football coach. And, and, and what I love, and I saved this story because I read it and I thought, oh, that's incredible. I'm not saying Deion Sanders isn't Neon Deion, prime time, and some of you maybe watched him in college and maybe in, in, in professional athletics or whatnot, but I love this statement. It's going to be on the screen here. Um, it, it says this. It says, uh, Colorado, the Colorado AD, the athletic director, admits we don't have the money yet for Deion Sanders' contract. So they hired him without the money, but he makes a statement. We don't have the money yet, but, say but, but I know we'll have it, so I'm not worried about that piece. Now, now, how many of you guys would take a job when the boss said, we don't have the money, but we're hiring you in faith? And some of you are like, yeah, but guess what? I didn't, sign my, I didn't sign for my house loan going, I don't have the money bank, but I'm signing in faith. Uh, you, you, they hired this coach in faith. And faith is what? The substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not yet seen. They hired this coach in faith. And here's the evidence of the University of Colorado's faith. According to an article that I read recently, 12,000% increase of Colorado merchandise sales. 12, how many of you would like to be the guy that had the contract to sell the merch for University of Colorado football and all of a sudden they sell 12,000% increase? How many of you guys like, like to have a 10% in your business or 5% in your business? 12,000? How many of you guys like, oh, praise God, they hired someone in faith? 12,000% increase. Not just that, but after four games. Now, the first four games, they actually played really well. We won't talk about the last eight, okay? But in the first four games, they brought in an estimated worth of $280 million of value to the university and to Boulder, Colorado for those games. Now, how many of you know that, that's good return on your faith investment? They, they had $45 million more in media money. In other words, after four, this was after four games. After four games, they had $45 million more income just in media money. They, they had 42% growth uh, and increase in sponsorship. In other words, people said, I want to be a part of that. 42% more in increase. People say, I, 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 want, I want to sponsor them. I want my name on the side of the stadium. I, I want, now how many want to, that's a good investment for hiring a guy you didn't have the money for. But what I love is this next statement made by uh, the president. It says, 40% increase in out-of-state student applications. The president said, hiring Dion has been transformational for the school. They hired a football coach in faith. The enrollment is affected, and, the, and, and they say it's transformational. Deion Sanders is asked about the momentum he brought to Colorado, and he says this, people are drawn to hope. They're drawn to hope. I read that, and I looked at that idea, and I looked at Deion Sanders, and I, and I thought, wait, wait a second. The university hired a coach on faith. Enrollment increases. Momentum increases. Hope is increased, and it's transformed a school. And, and, and how many want to know? That's a football coach. What happens when a church steps out in faith? 
I, 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 I'm impressed with enrollment for a university increasing, but I'm more impressed when the enrollment in heaven increases because of the faith of a church to step out and say, I want to make heaven richer and hell poor. I want to populate hell. I want to plunder hell and populate heaven. When we begin to live missional lives and realize that Christmas is because Jesus came to save the world from their sins. We want to change the enrollment of heaven. Uh, we, we want to transform lives and cities, not football teams. Now, I'm, I'm proud of what he did. And I don't know what you even think about Dion, but I can tell you right now, I think that Jesus Christ can transform more people's lives than a coach can. Yes. He can bring hope. He's the hope of the world. See, hope is when you plant now, expect it a harvest later. That's the, to be long-minded, to endure See, our mission doesn't change, church. When Charles and Emma Hershey drove up the Alcan and rented or bought a house on Third Avenue in downtown Fairbanks, and they started having a church in there, they started having a church meet in their house uh, uh, August of, of 1944, or excuse me, 1940. But on, on Christmas Day, 1944, they opened their first church building. They, they built a building. And, and uh, faith makes a difference. For 83 years, our church has been about reaching lost people. Our church has, has, has moved and rented and bought and relocated uh, for, for, for 83 years. And what we realize is faith makes a difference. Faith makes a huge difference. Now, I have one question for you today. And I want to ask you, will you take the next step in your generosity journey and take another lap with us? See, here's what we know. We, we, we need to raise about $3 million in the next several years to finish our building. And I, I don't lose any sleep on this because I, I'm, I'm as invested as you are. Um, but I believe that God's going to help us as we, as we have a mind longer than the race we're in, a mind longer than the battle we're in. It's a journey. And, and, and uh, we're all on this journey. And I want to ask 100% of us to take the next step. Now, what does that look like? There's a, we, have, we have this generosity journey. If you, if you haven't picked one up and maybe you haven't been here the last couple weeks, we walk through the whole process in here and we walk through, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're a church, the, the land value here in College Road, all that land is worth 18.7 million right now. And we owe, we owe 5.1. So we're in a great place. Um, but we don't want to be heavy to the lender and not have the ability to do ministry. And so we don't know if it's going to be one year, two years, three years to finish this project, but we're not going to overborrow um, uh, to, to do it. But we're asking everyone maybe to take the next step in your generosity journey. If you've never given, maybe you'd be a first-time giver. Maybe you'd give for the very first time. If you've given for the first time, would you be a consistent giver and begin to give consistently? And maybe if you're giving consistently, maybe you say, I'll be, a, I'll be an intentional giver. An intentional giver is a tither. Somebody who ties. You know, every month... I, my wife and I intentionally pay our, our phone bill because we want to be able to have our phone so we can text our kids and hope they text us back. We intentionally pay our mortgage. We intentionally pay our, our insurance. There's things we intentionally pay. But the Bible says when Malachi uh, uh, was talking to the Israelites, he says, you rob God. And they said, how do you rob us? You rob us with your tithes and your offerings. You don't tithe. And God says, if you tithe, through Malachi, watch as I pour out the blessings of heaven and, and, and pour out blessings you cannot contain, that barns will not be able to contain the blessings. And so I want to encourage you, if you've not tithed, take that next step, begin to tithe. Tithe is 10%. And I've had people say, well, Mark, I've been praying about that. I'm not convinced 
that prayer is the right thing to do about should I tithe? Prayer, you know, it's like my boy, if I say go clean your room, he goes, well, let me pray about that, dad. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm telling you, that's called obedience. We don't pray about obedience. We pray if we're disobedient, Lord, help me be obedient. I want to encourage you, if you never tithe, to be a tithe. And, and then beyond the tithe, there's the, the sacrificial, the, the, the sacrifice, the official person, the person that sacrifices two years ago. And I don't share about this to brag. I share that I'm not asking anyone else to do what I have not done myself. Two years ago, when we, we began this journey, my wife and I, the Lord spoke to us to give $100,000 above our tithe. We didn't have $100,000. But we, had, we, had, we have a couple homes that we've, we rent in different areas, and so we sold one of our rentals, and we, we gave $100,000 the last two years to Church Passity because we believe in the vision. I don't have another house to sell unless I wanted to live in a dry cabin, but my wife said no to that. <laughs> Just kidding. So my wife and I, this year, we've committed to give $45,000. That's, that's a sacrifice over the next 12 months for me to do. But my wife and I feel like that's what we're supposed to do because we're leaders. I can't ask you to do something I'm not willing to do myself. So I, I, I've already tithed. That's intentional. But above my tithe, my tithe and my additional giving will be 45000 That's what I'm going to do. Um, and, and then there's another type of person that, that perhaps you're here and you can give a legacy gift. A legacy gift is where you go, you know, I've done well in business. I've done well in finance. And I want to give something that defines my life by my giving. I, and if someone wants to write a check for $10 million, we'll, we'll take it. I'll even name a room after you know. Um, but 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 the reality is, it's not it's not it's not an equal giving, friends. It's equal sacrifice. We all take the next step. And 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 why is this important? Because in 1940, when they started the church, they had no idea we'd be talking about this. They had no idea that on December 3rd there'd be 1,500 people in six different living room gatherings. They, we'd talk about the next step. But in this picture here. Um, there's a gentleman named Ted Baker who was in this picture. Jed went to our, Ted went to our church for 68 years, I believe. His wife, Liz, was there, and Liz actually lived with the pastor. But at some point, Liz and, and, and Ted, their eyes connected, and there was a little twinkle and spark, and they ended up getting married. Um, and uh, these are Ted's shoes. Uh, a year ago in September, Ted passed away. But when we started to gather as a church to talk about relocation and buying property and all these things, Ted sat about two-thirds of the way back here in this center aisle, and he stood up one day, and he said, church! And if you knew Ted, Ted, was, Ted always had a big voice. He's a big man. He said, church, I've been a part of three times our church has moved or built buildings. He said, we've given, and we've paid it off. And we've given... And we've paid it off. He said, three times we've done that. He says, we've done it before. Let's do it again. Ted cut the trees down on this property. But what's so profound about this picture here is very few people in this picture here are still alive today. In fact, uh, one of these ladies up here, the beaches, they ended up being the youth leaders for uh, a middle-aged couple that's in our church right now. And, and, and uh, this picture right here are people who built the first building here on Airport Way. 
And then they built this building here. The first building is where our kids meet. The multi-purpose room. They called that the fellowship hall. It used to be a sanctuary. Um, and, and, and today, I, I want to ask you, maybe you'll be like a Ted Baker and say, you know, I've never done it, but I can do it for the first time. And step in the Ted's shoes and say, let's make this happen again. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to give you in a moment. I'm, I'm going to pray and ask you to spend about 60 seconds, and then the worship team's going to come. And, but in that, in that time frame, I'm going to ask you to talk to your spouse if they're there. And you should have received the pledge card on here. And, and it says this. It says, join the team and take another lap. Knowing that God can do more than we can imagine in faith, I or we intend to commit to the church capacity campaign, including our regular tithes and offerings for the next 12 months as follows, the total amount. And, and I wrote my amount here. I'm asking you, would you pray about what has God called you to give? Maybe it's just tithe. If you've never tithed, would you, if you put your number, would you put new on there if you've never tithed and then you're tithing for the first time? I, I'd love to know because I'm convinced of this. Nobody in here will outgive God. Our first capital campaign, we're in Vegas. We had one kid and she was right here. She was like two years old, Braxton. And uh, we were building a new building and my wife and I, God spoke to us to give $1,000 a month and that was a long time ago and we didn't have the money. So we started a graphics company before you knew it. For three years, we gave $1,000 extra a month. And it all came in because my wife and I on the side worked a side job, side hustle to make it happen. And, and I look at four daughters who love Jesus today and a nine-year-old boy who wants to be a preacher someday as a newbie Eskimo boy that we adopted. And I go, I'm blessed. And I'm blessed because I stepped out in faith like, like a university hiring Deion Sanders, but more than that, like a God who says, I want to empower my people to do big things for him. Look at what these folks did. In that, in that last picture, they had no idea the soul's getting saved. 179 people prayed the salvation message with us, prayed the salvation prayer. This year, they've told us, they, 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 they scratched the QR code with their camera, and they said, I prayed, that. I said yes to you. 179, that's more than would fit in that building. They had no idea that 1944, that in 1960, when they received the offerings, that they would, uh, 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 60-some years later, still be making a huge impact. What will we do? Here's the deal. We're not going to decommission this lighthouse. 25, 30, 40, 50 years from now, if the Lord tears, we're still going to be in the soul winning business. I hope you don't sit on the sidelines and go, I'll start the race next year. Jump into it. You can't run yesterday's race tomorrow. Or today's race yesterday. You, you got you to run your race today. And let's step out in faith. So I'm going to give you a few... Uh, uh, a minute to just kind of talk with your spouse and write the number down. And then our, our usher's gonna come and we're gonna have our communion elements up here. And we're gonna ask you simply, now here's the deal. Some of you might be new. I'm, you, don't have to, you don't have to drop anything in the bucket. No commitment if you don't feel like God spoke to you. We're not twisting arms. God's building this building, I'm not. But our usher's gonna come and they're gonna stand in the front with communion elements. And, and, and then I'll, we'll have everyone stand. We'll start to sing. We're gonna have you just come up and drop your commitment in the, in the bucket and grab communion elements. And then we're gonna sing together as we as you go back to your seats and we'll receive the communion together. So I'm gonna let, this, let, let you, I'm gonna pray over you and take a few moments to say, God, what, what, what's our part? Lord, I pray right now for this day that you would speak to people. Help us to be obedient sons and daughters, men and women, soldiers, athletes, and farmers, who today we're long-minded and we want to take another lap in what you're doing here speak to people and encourage them in Jesus' name.
What a fantastic service. Be sure to stay in touch by following us on social media so you can stay up to date with all that is happening at True North Church.